0: Howdy, and welcome to a bonus episode of Wise About Texas, the Texas History Podcast. It's April 21st, 2016, and 180 years ago today, one of the most decisive battles in world history was fought just outside of present-day Houston, Texas. On the plain of San Jacinto, a loosely organized band of independent-minded Texans defeated the Mexican army and won independence. In this bonus episode, I'll give you an overview of that fateful battle in honor of those who fought it. So let's go back 180 years and get wise about Texas. April 20th, 1836, found the Texian Army arriving on the shores of Buffalo Bayou where it meets the San Jacinto River. Sam Houston decided to camp in a grove of oak trees on the bayou. Tensions were high, and the Army anticipated facing off with Santa Ana very quickly. Before the Army had crossed the bayou the day before, Sam Houston had delivered a fiery speech urging his men to remember the Alamo. One Texian soldier recalled that, quote, "...after such a speech, damn few will be taken prisoners." Thomas Rusk also gave a fiery speech encouraging the men to remember Goliad. On the early morning of April 20th, camp had barely been established when some scouts approached from New Washington, which is present-day Morgan's Point, with news that Santa Ana was advancing. The men were to arms immediately. Now, these men had been marching for weeks, and the powder in their weapons was wet, so they began to fire them so they could reload with dry powder. Afraid that the racket would reveal their location to Santa Ana, Sam Houston started yelling at them to stop firing, only to be answered by more firing. Houston finally gave up. Santa Ana was indeed on the march from New Washington, having burned and looted the town. He also captured several of James Morgan's indentured servants, likely including Emily West, the famed Yellow Rose of Texas. Santa Anna and his army camped on a plain which was part of a ranch belonging to Miss Peggy McCormick, and it was the late morning hours of April 20th when they arrived. The Texians remained in their camp inside a timber line on the banks of the bayou. The armies were barely five hundred yards apart, with a hill between them concealing one army from the other. That day, Santa Anna tr- decided to try and flush out the Texians. Now remember from the last episode of Wise About Texas that Santa Ana didn't know exactly how big the Texas Army was, and of course he underestimated not only its strength, but also its spirit. Santa Ana sent some troops toward the trees where the Texians were concealed. The Mexican bu- buglers played De Guaya, which was the same song played before the Battle of the Alamo. Houston ordered his troops to lay flat in the grass to conceal their numbers. When the Mexican cavalrymen got too close for comfort, Houston ordered the twin sisters to fire. The shots missed, but scared the Mexican troops back to their lines. Santa Ana moved one of his larger cannon onto the field about 150 yards from the Texians and began firing. The two sides exchanged shots with minimal effect. The Texians did hit first, though wounding a Mexican artillery commander and killing two of their mules, as well as shattering their ammunition box. The Texian artillery commander, James Neal, was eventually hit and wounded during that exchange. Soon after, some Mexican infantry began to sneak around in and out of the trees. Houston ordered Sidney Sherman to ride up into a nearby thicket of trees and secure the thicket. As he and his men rode into the thicket, they discovered that the Mexican infantry was already there. Sherman was chased out by heavy fire that killed several Texian horses. Sherman beat a hasty retreat back to the Texian lines and Houston called for some riflemen to come forward and fire at the Mexicans that were chasing Sherman, which, along with some shots from the twin sisters, sent the Mexicans back to their own lines. The action calmed down a little after that skirmish. The Texians hadn't eaten since before crossing Buffalo Bayou the day before, so many of them decided it was time to cook lunch. Later in the afternoon, Sidney Sherman proposed to Sam Houston that Sherman be allowed to take some volunteers and seize that Mexican cannon. Houston finally relented and allowed a reconnoiter only, which I think must have sounded to Sherman like all-out assault. Sherman quickly gathered many eager volunteers and prepared to attack. Houston ordered only a limited infantry backup for Sherman because he wanted to avoid an all-out battle on April 20th. Sherman, however, had other plans. He had taken it upon himself to tell some of the other infantry commanders of his plans, and ensured that extra infantry support, unbeknownst to Houston. Sherman rode out with his cavalry to challenge the Mexicans, who were taunting Sherman to venga a key, or come here, which sounds a lot like come and take it, doesn't it? Sherman charged. The problem was that most of his riders were riflemen who had to dismount to reload. The action was hot for a while as the Mexicans brought up not only cavalry, but also artillery and infantry. One of the twin sisters was finally brought to bear against the Mexican troops, and a couple of interesting incidents occurred during the skirmish. One, Secretary of War Colonel Thomas Rusk got himself surrounded by Mexican dragoons. Mirabeau Lamar rode his horse at full speed and knocked down a Mexican horseman and his horse to create an escape route for Rusk. In another incident, young Private Walter Lane was knocked off his horse and knocked temporarily senseless. Lamar rode up and killed a Mexican Lancer who was about to kill Lane on the ground, and Henry Carnes rode up right behind him and pulled Lane onto Carnes's horse. Sherman's men all made it back to safety as evening fell, and the action subsided. April 21st dawned cold at San Jacinto. About 9 a.m., General Coase arrived with several hundred reinforcements. Sent to count the reinforcements, the famed Texian scout Deef Smith, donned a big Mexican sombrero, ragged clothes, kicked off his shoes, and with all the appearance of a Mexican peasant, walked right into the Mexican camp and counted the troops. Sam Houston later held a council of war, and incredibly, his officers voted not to attack. They thought Santa Ana would certainly attack soon, and the Texian officers wanted to defend their positions in the trees. In the meantime, Houston had sent Deef Smith on another mission with several men to cut down and burn the only bridge that would allow Santa Ana any further reinforcements. That was Vince's bridge over a small bayou west of the battleground. Smith accomplished this task and prevented further reinforcement but, and much more importantly, in my opinion, it eventually prevented Santa Anna's escape. In the mid-afternoon, Ed Burleson, who was commanding the 1st Regiment, began taking a poll of his officers about when to attack. At the same time, unbeknownst to Burleson, Houston was asking around about the same thing. With an overwhelming vote to attack, Houston gave the order to parade the men at 3.30 p.m. Captain Robert Calder wrote, quote, The drum beat the general parade, which was cheering to every man. Close quote. The army assembled. Newly promoted Cavalry Captain Lamar was on the right. To his left was Colonel Henry Millard's men, then the Artillery Corps with the twin sisters. To the left of the artillery was Ed Burleson's 1st Regiment with over 300 men. On his left was Sidney Sherman. The army advanced and they were largely concealed by a hill and some tall grass between them and the Mexican camp. Sherman had the first engagement on the army's left. As the men topped the hill, almost the entire army charged the Mexican breastworks screaming, remember the Alamo, remember Goliad. It was over in 18 minutes. The Mexican army was relaxed and unprepared for an attack. The zeal of the Texians could not be contained. Despite orders to halt and accept surrender, the Texians chased the Mexicans into the swamp, bent on revenge. They killed Mexican troops for over an hour. Eventually, the Texians began taking prisoners and the fighting subsided. Texas was free. The well-known postscript to this battle was the capture of Mexican President Santa Ana and the subsequent treaties of Velasco. San Jacinto remains one of the decisive battles of the world. Inscribed on the base of the San Jacinto Monument are these words Measured by its results, San Jacinto was one of the decisive battles of the world. The freedom of Texas from Mexico, won here, led to annexation into the Mexican American War, resulting in the acquisition by the United States of the states of Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, California, Utah, and parts of Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Almost one-third of the present area of the American nation, nearly a million square miles of territory, changed sovereignty. Close quote. Well, thanks for listening to this bonus episode of Wise About Texas. Remember those brave men who 180 years ago today set Texas free, and in doing so, changed the world. Happy San Jacinto Day. God bless Texas and we'll see you down the road.